Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back. We've got another episode, Beyond Sunday. Pastor Randall. Pastor Jonathan. We're both here. We are. Present and accounted for. You know, I was thinking about Ecclesiastes this past weekend. We were talking about how it's one of my favorite books. This can't be good. And there's a time for laughter. <laughs> so I got a joke that's for really you. That's good, yeah. Um, Way to yank that out of context. <laughs> Actually, that's probably in context. It's probably, yeah, it's probably, probably decent. Is, Ecclesi- yeah. You know, yeah. Kohelet there's a time like to that. laugh. Um, so what's the difference between a well-dressed man on a bicycle and a well-dressed man on a unicycle? Um, one wheel. You're really close. Oh. You're really close. Oh, man. I was hoping so. What's another word for a wheel? Uh, <laughs> a tire. A tire. Oh, good. Well, good. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really, that's a good wordplay. There you go. That's I that's like word that's the joke. There you go. You like tell that one play. to Michelle. I was so close. Tell her before she listens, and she'll think it's hysterical. My mom, she's gonna be. My mom listens to these. And she's <laughs> she's gonna think, oh, he was so close. <laughs> she won't call me an idiot though. <laughs> that's nice of your mom. <laughs> Moms are good for that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, they might think it. They might think but it, but they don't say it. Yeah, of <laughs> all well, what we put our moms through, oh, the two goodness. of us. Goodness. Oh goodness. Oh goodness. Oh. Okay, so okay, that was good. Yeah, Thank we you. should stop Thank there. You. There's time for laughter, and there's a time for for you know the rest of those verses. <laughs> I do. There's, okay, there's good. time for a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, and reading the Bible is not in Ecclesiastes, yeah, but it's, it's one, one of the one things one. there's a time for. All right. So we were in James this past weekend. And for just to set this up a little bit, as far as timing of this episode, it's not going to be out the normal time. So whenever uh, you're hearing this, I'm not sure. It might be a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah. Maybe even within the next week. Okay. So hopefully not too long from okay. when it is. But anyway, the sermon that we're going to be uh, breaking down and talking about is the final one in the Hardworking Faith series. We were in James chapter 2, and so there's the context for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The series, or the sermon title was Faith Apart from Works is Dead. Which comes from uh, either 17 or, well, it must be 26 then, the way it's reading. Yeah, from the end of 26. Yeah, there you go. Faith Apart from Works is Dead. Um, yeah, so last sermon in this series, and we've got three questions to just kind of wrap things up. Good. You ready? Sure. Um, so specifically, uh, getting back into the top of the section, starting mm-hmm. in verse 14, mm-hmm. it reads, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? And he gives this example. Mm-hmm. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and filled, uh, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Um, so the question is, if a brother or sister is lacking clothes or food, um, and we have what we need to give them, but we don't, we just wish them well, mm-hmm. uh, but what if that brother or sister has been helped before, and they just keep squandering that help, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, would you handle things differently if that brother or sister appears to be taking advantage of you and your generosity? I would. I, I would. I, uh, and I, I would because I think now your obligation would be different as a brother. One of the one another's 
you know, you'd use one of the one another's to Mm -hmm. sort of guide your conversation. And so I think there's a place where, you know, possibly this person uh, needs to be discipled in Mm -hmm. that area of either wisdom and using their funds or steering away from uh, steering away from unwise uh, decision making or out and out greed or um, selfishness or you know whatever it may be without mm-hmm. obviously without knowing the person and so yeah I, I, I think don't would you or yeah I think so yeah. just have the long term in view yeah because I don't think it's good for them to yeah. continually be in need yeah uh, for them or their family or whatever the situation right. yeah, is yeah um, I think I, yeah I think so in that case. Um, that that is actually faith at work where you're trying to help another brother or sister progress in their spiritual life and in this case it may not be best to to give them what they need um you know maybe yeah i mean james doesn't make an exception but no i i wouldn't necessarily expect him to anyway that's not the point he's making correct um yeah now you mentioned the one another's, yeah. and this says brother sister. Yeah, uh, outside of the faith family, would you make an exception there, or yeah, well, treat it the same? When uh, through the years, when I've talked to parishioners about, you know, how do I handle so and so, such and such a situation that's outside of the church? Yeah, I'm, I'm always starting with, we have no jurisdiction in their life as far as mm-hmm. no, we have no leverage that comes from the possibility of you know, bring another brother or sister along with you to confirm, you know, the sin, for instance, I'm talking Matthew 18 type stuff. Yeah. We don't have that. So we don't really have any authority out there. So I, it's kind of your call. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do in those cases. Um, I, I certainly don't have the obligation to try to mature them in Christ. Um, depends on what kind of relationship I would have with them. Yeah. Right. If it's a neighbor, it's one thing. If it's yeah. someone that you bump into on the street, you know, of yeah. wherever, yeah, uh, it's a different situation. Uh, you know, even if you and I had a Christian neighbor, we, we may not have a real good relationship as far as enough knowledge of the person to be able to instruct them well. And even if I did instruct them, it would be with, with great caution mm-hmm. because they're not my responsibility, like, like our own faith family. Mm-hmm. I'd want to be I'd want to be faithful to God and follow his leading and maybe help yeah. but no guarantee that there would be any type of oversight involved where they would actually listen right I think erring on the side of generosity is a good thing you know we're caring for those in need yeah um it's not always my best move to be the judge and jury of everything so mm-hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes that generosity can gain you a little bit of a platform. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it doesn't go very far. Right. So that's a good thought too, though. Um, if you're going to err, yeah, you know, get on the grace side. Yeah. Maybe trust the Lord for the fallout. Right. I remember reading Oswald Chambers' testimony and the number of people that he helped and the ministry that he was directing helped mm. was incredible. Um, and they just they wouldn't say no to people yeah. and God kept providing for wow. them, which is really pretty neat. I but think I read that years ago. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, great. There you go. Great biography to read if you're looking for mm -hmm. one. I think it's in the library. If it's not, I have a copy. You can borrow it. Let me know. There you go. Um, all right, good. That's helpful. Number two, mm -hmm. um, could you spend some time clarifying the works that are required of a person with genuine faith? Mm -hmm. So that's that was James' main point here. Mm -hmm. So I remember you saying that you're to be uh, that you are to be acts have acts of risky obedience like Abraham and Rahab, but I'm having a hard time applying that to my day to day life. Mundane, mundane routine obedience uh, sounds familiar, but not so much the risky obedience. Yeah, let me start with just the um, j just the concept of works itself. The the kind that that James is advocating is uh, first of all, it's faith. Um, faith-driven works. These are uh, in other places. You say mm -hmm. it's the works of faith, or the works created by, or the uh, the works result resulting from that type of logic. I think mm -hmm. is where we need to start. So, whatever whatever it is that you're doing, that's uh, based upon your relationship with Christ. We start there with the basic foundation. My faith in Christ now leads me to. And now from there, we throw it out to whatever, um, you know, whatever advances his kingdom in your sphere. So uh, often I'll start with um, acts that are based out of your love for God mm -hmm. and then end up loving a neighbor. Those two great commandments uh, come together quite nicely with a, with a, uh, a definition of works that God accepts. So the works that result from faith are those uh, the actions whereby your love for God uh, reveals itself or shows itself in your love for your neighbor or someone else. So you have that um, that sense in James. In our small group, we uh, we actually took time to read the opening of chapter two which I couldn't do on Sunday, but I wanted them to see how James starts with this very practical, um, actually he ends chapter one this way, he goes into chapter two this way. So in James, there's a strong emphasis on, can you just meet the needs of people who are, are needy around you? Orphans, widows. That's your faith uh, in mm -hmm. action, your faith that works. But the other thing that comes out in this is obedience. So, so obedience to God. Which is why um, when I was thinking about Abraham and Rahab, the reason why I wanted to bring out the extreme nature of their faith is because those two examples mm -hmm. are like, they're, they're outrageous yeah. as far as what they did. Mm -hmm. So, I th you know, God saying, let me show you two characters that did some crazy things for me and... Um, let that be an example to follow, which means, and according to the, the inquirer too, you know, when, when someone says, you know, I can relate more to the mundane, mm -hmm. I get that. But I think what you're looking for is you're looking for, you know, where in your life are, are you being challenged? You know, in your conscience that you should be making a move in some area, not, not a physical move, but you know that there's some changes in attitude and action specific changes that you need to make. You've been in this sort of a rut for a long time and you've been banging heads against a wall and you're just not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. is, there a, is there a faith aspect where you 
because of fear or stubbornness, you're just not able to go to the next to the next level. To use a you know a familiar term for us sure. this year, that's that's what I was thinking about more than anything would be, you know, is there an area of obedience where you know that if you made this change, it would actually it would open up doors for you where your love for God and others is is just it's going to be there, mm-hmm. um, but it's risky. And that's probably one of the reasons why you're not moving in that direction because everything inside of you is saying otherwise. There's something to lose. I think yeah. so. That's mm-hmm. what I would say with with these two examples. And I, I I don't even know how to be more specific than that, but that is an obedience issue where I think people people really have to take uh, take a hard look at themselves and say, you know what? I mean, I've been getting caught with these same things over and over again, and I'm just not changing, and I'm and I'm and I'm entrenched in a mindset. And that entrenched mindset is keeping me from changing my ways. And that's keeping me from uh, reacting to maybe someone in a way that I should be something like that. Okay, so try I'm trying to break down what you were saying. Yeah, thanks. That could probably help. Yeah. So uh, the first part of the question was, clarify the works that are required of a person with genuine faith. So let's start with like salvation. Um, Faith without works is dead. Okay. So saving faith works itself out through acts of works, deeds. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but not necessarily the, the risky ones are not the ones that save, you know, just the act of obedience, the act of, placing your faith in Christ for your salvation. Mm-hmm. It's a great dis- uh, so, differentiation. Right. Now what we're talking about is we're talking about faith that is growing you, maturing you, sanctifying you. This Actually in James, everything is beyond saving faith. It's beyond justifying to more showing a sanctifying faith. Right. And then the, I mean, one thing that came to my mind quickly was these were specific moments in Abraham and they were. Rahab's life. These they were. were not everyday no. occurrences. No. Um, but when the time came, yeah. their faith was ready yeah. uh, and willing. Yeah, great um, point. So there's mundane or ordinary acts of faith, mm-hmm. you know, the, the daily routine things that, yeah. we, that we do as an act of faith, yeah. defined maybe by our love that you described yeah. for, for God. Um, but even in the ordinary and in the mundane, there's times where we need to be stretched and be willing to step out yeah. and make a change that we feel like God's pressing on us to make. It's well worded. Okay. And I like the, the, the differentiating between the two. That was helpful. You know, we're not, not, we're not dealing with a, you know, initial saving faith. We're dealing with now, since you have placed your trust in the Lord, faithfulness, that third element of faith that we looked at on Sunday, now Mm -hmm. faithfulness is kicking into gear. It's a supernatural, uh, it's the nature of saving faith that it creates this ongoing faithfulness. And sometimes there's, uh, there's a time when God is saying, you need to change your ways. And I know it's scary and I know it doesn't seem right, but you need to do that. Mm-hmm. And trust him and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I didn't have time to say this on on Sunday, but that's what this is for. You think about think about the 
faith by definition, right? We can't see it. If we just had more clarity, if we could just see it, then we would. But the whole thing is faith, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And we're going to talk about it in two weeks. I don't know when you'll hear this, but we will talk about it in two weeks on September what used to, be called friend, it used to be called Friends Day. Now it's the barbecue bonanza. Bonanza. So uh, in two weeks, Lord willing, we're back to Matthew 9, 1 through 8. We'll, we'll continue that series and we will discuss faith again. And why is it that God demands this? Why does Jesus react to faith? What's so great about faith in God's eyes? Okay. We'll talk about it a little bit more. That's good. Well, that answers my, not my last question, but my extra question at the end, which is where are we going yeah. next? Yeah. Back Matthew, to Matthew, Psalms. Matthew. Um, we'll just okay. keep doing, you know, through the years, Old Testament for a while, New Testament for a while, mm-hmm. mini series in the middle of these long series. Yep. And now let's let's do Matthew a little yeah. bit. It's yeah. good. I like it. Yeah. I'm excited to get back into the gospel. It'll be, I think, very, very, very good for yeah. us. Yeah. I like the routine of... Uh, series yeah because routine is good it is good and sometimes we need to step outside those routines yeah we do all right uh, that does kind of get us into the last question mm-hmm. though yeah um so you've throughout this series brought up the parable of the soils right a handful of times yeah um and so what about a soil and seed that produces good fruit for mm-hmm. a number of years yeah 10 20 30 40 fold yeah uh, but then doesn't seem to finish well yeah uh, the the questioner says, I feel like we're seeing that more and more. Yeah. Would you interpret that as bad soil, never really in, or maybe just a weariness? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so again, just for my memory's sake, weariness? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but remember endurance is such a big thing. Mm-hmm. So again, if we went back to James chapter one, that's the value, by the way, of reading a, a book together rather mm-hmm. than just jumping in chapter two, 14 to 26. Right. But if we were do, if we were back to the beginning of James studying it together, we would see how this ability to endure is critical. And so the testing of your faith, yeah, weariness is a part of this. Mm-hmm. But the true Christian, according to the scriptures, in order to have assurance, that Christian must also be steadfast, yeah. faithful that third element of faith. So starting with the end of that comment and question, yes, weariness is a part of it. The second thing is uh, we can never totally judge the heart, so we don't know, yeah, right. right? So, so you know, there's 20 years of good fruit and then it fades away. What to make of that? I really don't know. Mm-hmm. What I do know is the intention of these texts is make sure that's not me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one that after being with the Lord now for 50 plus years, uh, I don't want to be the one that all of a sudden stops trusting him and loses my my fruit and loses that fruit because the Holy Spirit of God is not driving me. And I don't even want to get near the thought of apostatizing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Not a bit. Yeah. So it's really hard to make that judgment call. But since the person mentioned the soil, mm-hmm. that that remember the the uh there is the start in two in, in soils two and three. The seed makes a good start and the mm-hmm. plant appears. Mm-hmm. There's no indication of time frame in the second and third soil type. But what right. we do know is mm-hmm. over time, something occurs and makes them unfruitful. Yeah. And so it's it is possible according, and I appreciate the the insight of the person here. It's very possible that 
what we're seeing is we're just seeing whatever years they mentioned in the, the comment or question, how many years there were, they were there, but, but something according to the, according to the parable, there's a number of things that can derail them mm-hmm. and something occurs. Yeah. And so it could end up being, no, they, they just never were the fourth soil to begin with. Yeah. No, we I don't know that except through time. Yeah, exactly. I'm like hypothetically speaking, I feel confident in saying there there could be a person uh, who lives 20, 30 years yeah. of faithful, yeah. fruitful, yeah. in quotation marks, yeah. type uh, living, and then the last 10 just kind of strays off. Yeah. And the Lord might say to them, like he did in Matthew 7, the passage we read on Sunday, depart from me, I never knew you. You did all these good things, but... You were never really in, and they did it all the way to the end, maybe. Yeah, right. You, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe there's not Exa- even a maybe not a, even a lull, an observing of a falling away. Right. They just went right to the end and just blew it. Yeah. Or person number two, someone who yeah. has yeah. known the Lord for six months, yeah. and for two weeks, you know, seems to be weary or straying, yeah. and then you know suddenly passes away for some reason, and yeah, you know, they've only been there in for a short period of time relative to yeah. the. First person. So, yeah, just to your point that we can't know, but I do think to the back to the parable of the soils, fruit's a good thing. Oh, yeah. To be producing fruit is is a positive. Yeah. And then beyond that, you know, making sure that our fruit is grace and faith driven and not. And and, and ongoing, uh, because Mm -hmm. the parable, the stress of the parable was something stopped the process. Mm-hmm. In the in that parable, I don't have it in front of me, but right. that, the rocks, those, that, the weeds, that second and third interpretation, the sec- the interpretation of the second and third soil, mm-hmm. is there were factors in life mm-hmm. that derailed that that faith. Yeah. So I don't want that. I and mean, whatever those things were, the cares of the, you know the, uh, trouble and cares of this world and riches and all that, whatever mm-hmm. is listed in that parable, mm-hmm. I don't want that to stop me. Right, and that's where we were the previous couple of weeks. This, yeah. The perseverance was a part of it was. You know, Hebrews. Yeah, um, good. Yeah. Okay, I'm out of questions. All right. Do you have any questions for me? I I do. I have a lot. Oh, yeah. great! Save them for another time. <laughs> good. Time to say goodbye. Thank you. Um, yeah. If you have any questions uh, for the podcast, either as a result of this episode or just the sermons that we hear from Sunday to Sunday, feel free to email them into podcast at cbcmj.com. We love engaging those questions, and they're helpful mm-hmm. for the conversation here and for yeah, the thanks. faith family. So oftentimes, I was telling this to, to one of my kids, yeah. if you have a question in class, ask it. You know, someone else probably has it. So if you have a question, ask it. Someone yeah. else sitting there is probably thinking the same thing and wondering um, what you were wondering. So yeah. email them in. Love them. And I think that's it. Do you want another joke? I don't. Thank you, though. All right, I'll save one for the next time. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys. We love you. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.